How very dare you. One episode without magic hats is too, too many. Uh, wait, what does that even mean? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know, dipshit? Yes, explain yourself. Absolutely not. Oh my god, I hate you so much. Excellent. Welcome to the High End Low Wiz Podcast, where the smartest people you've ever met are the dumbest people you've ever known. Hey everyone, uh, just a quick programming note. Uh, as discussed in more detail at the beginning of episode two, we at High End Low Wiz condemn sexual assault, and we will be switching systems from Dungeon World to Quest World at the end of the first story arc, so the beginning of the second story arc. Thank you for sticking with us during this transition, and we can't wait to jump into the new rule set with y'all. Hi, low everyone, and welcome back to the High Int Low Wiz podcast, where we're all thick of brain and dumb of ass. I'm Nick Davis, the conductor of this slow-moving train wreck, and with me are the, I think we determined last time, the wheels of said train, though they are all going in separate directions. Can you all go around and introduce yourselves, please? Hi, I'm Alice. She, her. I play the bunny folk slayer, Lorelai Nix, and I'm pretty sure we're the hijackers, not the wheels. I'm Mike Sayre, he, him, and I am playing Taku, the Gatorborn Shaman. Uh, and if anybody has a hand on the wheel, I like to think it's me. Hey, I'm Dean, uh, he, him. I'm going to be playing Rosmo Kilkarian, a dwarf turncloak. And if anybody's going to be stealing the wheel from anybody, it'll also be me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anna, uh, they, them. I'm playing the uh, fawn arsonist Daphne. And I mean, who may or may not be an engine fire. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Benny Arndt. Pronouns are he, him. I'm being um, going to be playing Emish Eamon Hornigold, the uh, quarter leprechaun Olympian. And uh, I, I'm actually not sure of my position on this train at all. It's He probably thinks he's the engineer, but he's more likely like outside running alongside <laughs> it. So, you know, on ships, how they have like the bust of the lady on the front. The figurehead. The figurehead right on the front of the uh, the train. I mean, I'm digging this this image like this is... This is gold. This is what I'm going to think about before I go to sleep at night. I was thinking of more of the axle, right? Uh, because, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, where uh, wherever Daphne and I go, the only reason that uh, we end up in the same direction is the bonding glue uh, or long straight rod of Emish. That didn't come out quite right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said what you meant. You said it with your whole chest, and I'm proud of that. How do you know if it's straight? <laughs> Let's move on. Depends on how uh, excited he is. Aside, let's do a little recap. <laughs> you might want to yeah. see a doctor see, about that's that. That's what I was afraid. That's, that this was what I was afraid of. One All right, let's uh, let's recap our last session, guys. Uh, in our last game, you all took the pre-stolen box that you had stolen from Jasper Barker, the dwarven knight of capitalism and the appointed manager of the Astral Plaza Casino. After clearing a little bit of distance from the casino itself, you all decided to open up the box after quite a bit of insistence that it was very, very dildo-shaped. Yes. Uh, and you guys discovered that it contained a magic hat collar and a poorly written goodbye letter from Shay's now-deceased magic hat seasonal allergies. It really made us feel bad about the dick jokes. Yeah. Yeah, very much so, yes. I'm still dealing with the cat that, the fact that apparently magic hats are literate. <laughs> That's like, I don't... <laughs> That makes them that makes them slightly more people than I was originally thinking of them as. And now I'm like in a deep period of introspection about what that says about <laughs> me as a person. Okay, so if the average American reads at like a fourth grade level, where do magic hats fall on that? Just below a fourth grade level. Well we'll say that it like it was a second or third grader that wrote that now. Okay. Oh, oh no. Oh, it's kind of cute, actually. A little bit. It's also like kind of really obnoxious because they do spend a lot of time like drawing dicks on the side of buildings and things. Oh yeah. So like all third graders do. So so in some ways they're advanced and they're more like seventh graders. That's true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They they split the upright. So there's just a bunch of there's a bunch of super like the the weird S drawn everywhere by magic cats. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's easy for them because their little claw can just go in straight lines. Or they can, or they can just use a, a you know a magic hand to paint it on the side of a building. It's fine. 
So you were all mad enough about what was in that box that you apparently swore a blood oath then and there that uh, after returning the box, Jasper was going to die and quite painfully. Uh, you guys returned said box to Shay's smuggling hideout, the affectionately named Portmanteau, and returned the box to her. On completion of that contract, Shay informed you guys that your debt to her was now officially canceled and a new contract was available. 100 coins for killing Jasper in such a way that he will not be coming back and without any heat for the murder coming back on her. Details beyond that are entirely up to you all. Uh, Following that, Taku insisted that it was time to break it down for a couple of hours to blow off some steam because, as Taku said, all work and no play makes you all a bunch of psychopaths. True. Truer words. Taku and Daphne. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, no, he hit the nail on the head. (laughs) You know when when Uh, someone's got you dead to rights? (laughs) Right. Taku and Daphne broke it down on the dance floor, quite literally playing with fire. Uh, Rosmo and Lorelai took to playing darts so that they could, quote, keep that murder high going. And because Lorelai, quote, doesn't know how to turn off. Uh, while Emish entered a slap boxing match with a broad shouldered dwarven woman, uh, her name was Bronwyn, by the way, I forgot to give you all the name during the previous session. We're actually going to jump in right there with Bronwyn carrying Emish like a precious little trophy uh, towards the bar to get a victory drink. What are you guys doing? Are you, uh, are you gonna let it hold until tomorrow? There is not a deadline on when this dick needs to get dead. So it is up to you guys how you want to kill the night. I'm not holding it till tomorrow, man. There's been this place is free with the drinks. The the waitresses are working the floor. Holding it till tomorrow would just be uncomfortable. I am instead going to go relieve myself somewhere and then take a nap and tackle this whole thing sober in the morning, hopefully with the rest of my sober and marginally but largely function you know, marginally hungover but largely functional compatriots. Get some like egg sausage sandwich in the morning something hearty something greasy yeah i will i mean i saw that dwarf hauling off emish we're not going after jasper tonight <laughs> like you're you're looking at it as we're not getting him back tonight that's correct pretty much yeah that's a real big lady for just such a little guy Lucky like, and that's why we're not even gonna try to get him back that's, that's <laughs> i wouldn't want to get in her way like I would like to watch her make her way, like, through the bar, but I don't want to... I'm not brave enough to stand between her and her destination. You like, you like watching, huh? <laughs> I mean, look at her. Look at that beard, Rosmo. Uh, I've never seen anything half as luscious in all my life. Looking directly at Rosmo and his beard. No, Rosmo's beard is unkempt. I don't want to, I don't want to like kink shame, but the quarter leprechaun and the bearded woman is not the particular event that I, as the person playing a cold-blooded reptile, uh, have any interest in watching. You're perfectly valid in that. You don't like to see the warm bloods get it going? (laughs) It's all that hair. It's too weird. And the nipples? It's like a tiki-tiki bird cleaning a hippopotamus. I just... (laughs) I'm never gonna get that <laughs> mental image out of my head. Alright, that 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 oh. may have been may have been a bit too far. I apologize. Nope. No, that may be the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna find out. Every episode name is gonna be the raunchiest. I, I think for this one that probably plays. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh God. Okay. So, in the interest of not getting too um, explicit with it, Benny, roll Constitution. All right. That is a 10. 10, that is a full success. Um, Emish has himself a real good night and wakes up feeling well-rested and taken care of in the best way. Oh, I, 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 don't, think Amish, I don't think Amish went to sleep. Could be too. <laughs> Look, we all recharge and do Yeah, sure. The, the short answer is Emish is, Emish is not, uh, not doing too bad this morning. I think somebody's probably going to have to come collect Emish in the morning. Like, I don't think it's going to be if you wait for that door to open, you may be waiting a long time. (laughs) We're just all sitting outside of it, just kind of like so who wants to... I I imagine Daphne's used to that and just kind of just goes in, grabs an ankle and walks out. Jesus. (laughs) Wait, you open the door? Oh, most likely. She doesn't give a shit anymore. She's probably probably seen worse being being your friend. Do you, you want to know what you see? Not particularly. <laughs> she probably walks in with her hand over her eyes. It's amazing you found the leg right away without looking. <laughs> what, what you don't see, but what the audience does see, is 
is Bromwyn uh, wearing black satin gloves uh, and standing in front of a, a black background so that it looks like she's the Venus de Milo. And she's holding her arms up in the air. And we see Emish, like, buck naked. You see him from behind. He's got a spear in his hand. It's actually not a spear. It's a curtain rod. But he's holding it like a javelin. And, and he's posed like an Olympian athlete. And then <laughs> there's a, a young young gentleman, like 20-something, that was clearly like a waiter, brought up some food or something. And he is in a costume that looks like it was made in like kindergarten class out of construction paper and scotch tape. And, uh, and it's a really bad like donkey mask. I don't know what we've just learned about Benny, but I'm I'm terrified. Uh, For the increasingly important purposes of being able to call this an educational show, I should note that the symbiotic birds with relationships with the hippopotamus are actually the oxpecker and the egret. So it should have been, it looks like an oxpecker climbing over a hippopotamus. Okay, but wait a minute. Alligators and crocodiles also have a bird that they have a symbiotic relationship with. I just look, as long as somebody learns something tonight other than Benny's fetishes, we're <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be let's be perfectly clear here. Emish's fetish. Yes. And and there's a perfectly good reason for all of this. Is there? There is. Is there really? There is. Absolutely. Is there? Yeah. Okay. Emish engages in mythological foreplay. So he is enacting the myths of his people out as a sexual beginning. Wait, are you saying he's doing sexual theater? <laughs> pretty, yep. pretty much. Yes. Yeah. When I get that heater, I want sexual theater. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it did not come together. I really was like, there's got to be an end point. You were so here, close. Right? Just, a... like, you really needed to just like go into it. <laughs> Alice, that has to stay in the yes, episode. But it will be preserved in one way or another. <laughs> we right. have to share oh, that sale. psychic damage. Okay. We can't be the only ones who have taken We'll take less <laughs> if we spread it out. Realizing the door has opened and Daphne has walked in, Emish turns and, oh, shite, I, I, oh, shite, it's morning. And, like, throws on clothes <laughs> and just comes out and, and joins you. I don't think he's sober because he was holding the curtain rod and didn't know it was morning. <laughs> Bronwyn, Bronwyn leans her head out the door and she says, so I'll, I'll see you tonight or? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, probably. Okay. Closes the door behind you. He's gonna egret and leave it. <laughs> Fucker. I mean, Emish has the social grace of a minotaur. So what are you gonna do? It's. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say the party gathers downstairs. You are in the uh, in the public house downstairs. There are a few patrons. There is a nice greasy hangover style breakfast. You guys rally up around a table. A pile of hash browns, a pile of eggs, a pile of sausages, and a pile of bacon are brought. So have your discussion. Like, as we're walking up, I think Emish is talking to Daphne. He's, so, do you ever hear the myth about uh, uh, the armless lass and the talking ass? No, but I imagine you're going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Does Daphne have a choice? No, she's used to just getting told. So she's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to find out. See, there, there was this beautiful woman that, you know, all the gods were jealous of her. And so they, they took her arms away and turned her into a statue. And they said, okay, well, somebody's got to throw a spear and she's going to catch it with her arms. And... Her lover at the time was turned into an ass who could still talk. And he had to convince someone else to do it because he was an ass. He can't throw a spear. So her lover had to convince someone else to throw the spear so she could catch it with her armless self so that she could become human again. What's the point? The gods are strange. Okay. So I didn't say this often, but don't we have some murders to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Are we finally doing that? Yeah, I think Lorelai's got, like, her cup of coffee, black, like, and she hates black coffee, but she's, you know, it's part of the act, only black coffee. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm legitimately surprised that it's not at least 50% whiskey. <laughs> it, it's a healthy 43% whiskey. Is that an Emish coffee? I feel like Emish's coffee is a good 70% whiskey. <laughs> so, um, I've been putting a lot of thought into this Jasper situation. And as you know, I'm a person who generally abhors violence, uh, but I do understand that sometimes uh, it is a necessity of people's lives. Uh, But I put a lot of thought into how can we complete this contract and not kill Jasper while still ensuring that Jasper got the appropriate punishment he deserved. I think you've been taken in the wrong direction. Killing Jasper's half the fun. I I just wanted to float. I just... 
just wanted to float the idea, and I don't even know if this is possible. There would be research involved. What if we turned Jasper into a magic cat? And then we drowned that cat? <laughs> I'm not comfortable killing a magic cat, but I do want to kill Jasper, so no? I'm just like, this whole thing is that he disrespected the memory of a magic cat. He stole a magic cat from someone. And so what if... He had to live life, you know, that kind of nice ironic punishment, uh, ironic in the Alanis Morissette sense, not the the literal Alanis sense. Morissette, the famous bard from, uh, from uh, you know. Yeah, we all knew who I was talking about, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah duh. I think I like the direction you're going, and I'm going to... I'm going to throw some spaghetti of my own at the wall there. and uh, the spaghetti intestine. Ma- magic cats will eat anything. Like, they're not smart. If we can make him look particularly delectable to them... I'm sure that they would just munch his little face off. See, I I had been on the the what if we don't kill him route and, and I was getting excited as you as you were providing the suggestion. I was like, Oh, magic cats will eat anything. What an ironic punishment it would be to turn him into a cat and then like make him eat the deed to his casino. Like, isn't that an equitable and appropriate response from a responsible adult uh, citizen. And then and then he would choke on the deed? Is that the plan? And then he would choke on the deed and die. Like, I think this is brilliant. Taku, you just have, you have such a mind for traps. <laughs> I, I, I've got an idea too, Taku. Uh, how about, how about we, how about we kill Jasper? There's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> to the audience, keep the way he was biting his lip in just concern was the best. <laughs> He's gentle parenting his way into teaching us morals and we just it's, aren't listening. This part yeah, really is the entire group of us has one single person trying to be the conscience because I'm not trying to do that and none of the rest of you are. Mike and Taku are this group's conscience. Delightful. Well, and here's the thing, too, Taku. Like, when when we were all talking about killing Jasper, like, that that was the first time that, that we all agreed on something, like, immediately. Ah, team building. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I, I just, you know, having had, having had some time to think about it, you know, little sleep on it, see how you feel in the morning, uh, you know, considering my responsibilities responsibilities that are written deep in the tablet of my soul like Daphne is out of balance and a danger to themselves and I will help them you're totally <laughs> helping me you're giving me a focus you know a nice murder match Lorelai does not believe in the spirit world but I will make her listen I'm listening I'm not and, listening. and you know the spirits are kind of oddly not not they don't have a, a really strong opinion on this one so uh, I, I guess ultimately at the end of the day we're all we're all gonna do what what we're gonna do but I just want to, to I just wanted to raise the idea that maybe we could make letting him live a worse punishment than killing him while retaining a shred of morality now I will say I do like the idea of what we're doing to him is worse like that part of the plan I am on board with uh, hold on to that really grab it and keep in mind I'm not saying we don't commit crimes right like there's gonna be elements of identity theft involved here uh, he's probably going to have a strong claim to assault because I assume someone's going to have to hold him down if we're going to turn him into a cat. I still have no details on how we're going to pull that off, right? We're going to make him disappear. We're going to go kind of lie to claim this bounty because we're going to say, yeah, he's gone, the truth, and there's absolutely no way anyone will bring him back to life. Also the truth, and frankly, not something we can really absolutely guarantee through any means. Well, that's not true. Well, if we cut his head off, he can't be revivified, so... You think that, but maybe magic is an evolving science. I will say, I am coming around on your uh, your point of view here, Taku. There is something delightful about the idea of making him be like our little mascot. Our little mascot magic cat. That's fun. That would be really fun. I like a portmanteau. We would have to do something kind of mean, though. We'd have to declaw him, I think. Oh, we could declaw him, mm. and then we would get our, our murder in fix. Yeah. Yimish looks at you aghast. 
You know what? Weirdly, that feels slightly not as bad as like chopping his fingers off, even though it's the well, same I mean, thing. So I mean, okay, oh. yeah, that, that that gets a pass. Yeah, this is the moral ethical track to take. I didn't know that being moral could be so much fun. Well, we get those little bright pink little like claw caps, so we can just like pretend a claw and get nothing. Like being extra specific, like pulling his claws off, is is pulling his fingernails out. Mm. It's not it's not taking his fingers off. I've done that before. Jesus Christ, dude. But, like, we could dress him up. Daphne, Daphne, we could dress him up if he were a magic cat. Put him in a little hat? Put him in a little hat. The tiniest little hat. And his little pink clock hat? We could could have outfits to match him to all of us. Why not just put clown clothing I'm I'm just confused why all of you want to spend more time with Jasper. Wait, we're not talking about wearing Jasper now, are we? Because if we are, we've gone too far back. Is it up magic hat, Jasper? I am intrigued by this magic hat Jasper uh, idea, and I, I want to chase this a little bit further. But I definitely want to make sure that he has little matching outfits to all of us. With the claw covers. I, I I heard we all had matching outfits made out of him, and and thus the source of my. Oh, that's concern. also very good, though. That's Tom. a good idea. All right, we'll keep that idea there too. Yeah, no, I didn't mean I didn't I didn't mean to raise it as a possibility. I that was. I don't uh, think there'd be enough magic cat to go around. Maybe some fingerless gloves because you wouldn't quite have enough material. You know, it's not really a productive line of thought, anyways. Is Taco really. concerned that the more we talk about, the more? Yeah, I think I think now is the time for action and moving with the plan we currently have at this exact moment in time. Why don't we just Why don't we just shove him in a loading dock? and just ship them to the Oddlands. <laughs> we'll poke some holes in the box. I think Taku's realizing that murdering Jasper is actually the gentler approach. Because <laughs> to sending us down this path, it's just getting worse. Look, uh, we're all learning a lot about each other's ethics right now, okay? Like, it's a journey. And you wanted something that wasn't murder, we're giving you options. Yeah. Like, I know some human traffickers. Like, we could solve it a different way. He can come back from that, though. <laughs> he might not never come back if you So, uh, to the local library and uh so Lorelai mm, yeah if you could do me a favor and look under all the T for transformation uh books not P for polymorph the rest uh, no you've got P for polymorph <laughs> got it uh Daphne I'm gonna give C for cat <laughs> I just, I need to state for the record, I'm like 90% sure Daphne has the highest int out of all of us. Like, Daphne is the one who should be handling the high-level shit. Look, no, history history says that at the end of this road, everyone is going to think that what I did was a really good idea. So. What about D for D-Claw? Nope, nope, nope. Uh, <laughs> that, that's easy, I just got some players. That one's, uh, that one's What the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, we already we already have a resident expert. Uh, but more, more importantly, I'm going to go ahead and take... M for magic hat, uh, in case there's a particular, like, you know, wouldn't that be convenient <laughs> if there was a very specific and somewhat easier way to turn something into specifically a magic hat? You know what? This sounds great. I'm gonna go to the hardware store. I think there's some lie I can pick up for a plan B. Okay, you can't go to the hardware store. We need somebody on what letter did I give him? Uh, you gave him P there, Taku, for polymorph. Yeah, P for polymorph. You've got P for polymorph. You uh, you have responsibilities here at the library, uh, this public place of peace, not down at the hardware, <laughs> that place of hiding death. I can also assemble a table. Dean, uh, just for that for that that very fun in character uh, finding a lie joke. Uh, before the end of the session tonight, you get a free extra D6 roll. Ooh, fancy. And you can take the better of your two D6. I'm I'm putting in a putting in a house rule for if you guys really amuse me, I'm gonna just dole those out for funsies. Oh, you don't know what you've wrought. Oh, I do. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm gonna need you to come up with a Ben Stiller award for the person in the scene who is not funny, but without whom the humor <laughs> would not happen. I, the, I just there's a clear dynamic developing, and I need to look out for my interests in this moment. It's okay. Let me be clear. It's not for making me laugh. It's for <laughs> being in character and doing something that amuses me. I got you. Me specifically. So you're not into donkeys and armless chicks, I take it. <laughs> <laughs> and if that had been in character, Benny, if that had been in character, 
Christ on sale. <laughs> like, as a, a proud supporter of the local library, it is, you know, a staple of the community. I, I don't mind this plan. Okay, but there's some local business I, sh- I could also support. We can do both. Later, after you've read all of the P for Polymorph books. Plan A, plan B. Yeah, that whole, however large the section in the library is, uh, God willing, a couple rows worth of books. Uh, I have one of my base skills, bestiary knowledge. You are learned about monsters and how to fight them. Take plus one to spout lore about dangerous creatures. Now, what is more dangerous than a magic cat? Most tanks. No, they wreak havoc on local ecosystems, like birds. Everywhere there's a magic cat infestation, local birds just, like, fucking plummet. Uh, the loss of magic cats represents a danger, an emotional danger, because you get used to seeing such cute little bastards, and then they're gone. Uh, when they, you know, when they fucking yeet themselves off the skyline. They're yeah. constantly accusing us of crimes. But just so much crime. They are extremely dangerous, so... Yeah, how many how many times have they accused us of crimes? I... Like, oh, they're counting cards, or oh, they beat up that guy who works here and hit him in that nook and you know like it's just like shut up magic ass they tried to mug us what was my point they are very dangerous yeah no they're dangerous that's yeah i should be able to use bestiary knowledge and uh take plus one to spout lore i i hear i hear you trying to convince me and it's working so good they are so Um, dangerous they are not a dangerous creature damn it i think lorelei is convinced they're dangerous yes of course they are not dangerous um they're not dangerous they literally got us arrested they literally got us arrested. How is that not dangerous? Also, they're dangerously cute. You can roll Look at them with their little faces and their big ears. They God wiggle. damn it, we were so close. Yeah, Why would you do that? Too quickly on that? <laughs> but they're so cute. Look at them. Yeah. You had it up until you started talking in cutesy talk. Now, damn I'm, it. now I'm back the other way. Nope, uh, nope. You can roll Spout Lore. And what specifically are you looking for? I guess I'm going to be looking for... Um, hmm... I've encountered weird-ass creatures and weird-ass magic in the Oatlands. Like, that kind of... Literally look to your left and your right. Yeah, yeah. Like, shit just gets all fucky-wucky. For sure. And I'd like to see if I can spout lore to try to kind of, like, help us narrow our library search. You know, changelings exist, but mimics? Sure. Maybe we could utilize a mimic in order to facilitate this transformation of Jasper into an adorable magic cat. Yeah, uh, go ahead and roll, and then we'll we'll get into that. Uh, Roll plus in. And I will let you take a plus one. Yes. Thank you, Bestiary Knowledge. Oh, shit. That's a 13. Holy shit. I'm smart as fuck. (laughs) Yo. 13. (laughs) All right. You sit back thinking about polymorphing a person into a magic cat. And that's specifically what you're looking for. You are looking to polymorph a humanoid into a magic cat. Uh, The thing that becomes salient and significant to you is no one actually knows where the magic cats come from we know specifically which skyland they're from where they come from where they proliferate from but no one's ever seen their birthing process where they where they actually originate from quick everyone stop and try to think of the last time you saw a magic cat kitten magic cats don't fuck you can't you literally can't because it wouldn't be a magic cat it would be a magic kitten it's a word that only just now entered your lexicon. It did not exist before. Magic kitten? No, doesn't make any well, sense. Well, scenic when when a mommy magic cat and a daddy magic cat love each other very much. You know what, Benny? Uh, have Emish roll int on that real quick and let me finish out what I'm what I'm uh, telling Alice. Uh, Lorelai specifically knows that the magic cats originate from the only skyland that is slightly lower than uh, than Glittershade, which is Sigrun's cradle. There are a couple of magic colleges on the Skyland, and they have been trying to map the Skyland in its entirety for centuries and have never fully succeeded in that. Uh, good job. I don't know how magic cats are made. I don't think anyone knows, but we're a hop, skip, and a jump to Seagram's Cradle, and we could just knock this motherfucker real unconscious and take him there to, like, some wizards. Wizards, you know, they're real easy to manipulate, like promise them a little bit of power and like flatter them and their egos a little bit and you can usually coax them to do what you want offer them a crystal sphere oh they love them orbs give them a couple of your teeth but those always grow back i don't think that experience is universal but yeah well, like, I'm, I'm, i like my teeth you can offer your get a good book wizards love a good book yeah they like books yeah 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 so we take jasper to secret's cradle and we have them turn him into a magic cat yeah yeah and then we have a magic cat friend perfect I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. I mean, we know how to make murder. What are we doing here studying? (laughs) That is true. There is that. There's always that. 
That's a nine for int. With your nine, I'm I'm sorry, I've lost track. What specifically were you asking before I asked you to roll int? It was, uh, have you ever seen a magic uh, I, Was that the... <laughs> Yeah, I was talking about magic at sex, clearly. Emish has a one-track <laughs> It's, track it's still in early this morning <laughs> mode is what it is. Yeah. Fair enough. This is actually relevant to the last episode when I was talking about um, seasonal allergies. In When I was reading the note, I referred to seasonal allergies as key. And when uh, Shay was talking about seasonal allergies, she referred to seasonal allergies as she. Both are true and both are false. Neither is accurate. Magic cats are not gendered creatures. They just kind of exist. Hmm. I mean, maybe they reproduce asexually. Could be. We don't know is the general kind of thrust of the matter. It's like eels. No one knows how eels reproduce. Or Godzilla. That can't be true. It's true. No. This is an educational show. Good job, everybody. <laughs> we have so many facts that we can teach people. Useful facts? No. Eh, they are facts. But stick with us. You'll win a trivia night. Spout lore. On a 7 to 9, the GM will tell you something interesting, and it's on you to make it in, uh, relevant. I just feel hoodwinked by Taku, because like, at no point did everybody go, yep, that's the plan, and then it's like, we're in the library. You have not yet gone to the library. You are still library. eating breakfast. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, there, is, there is still time to raise objections and come up with a different plan, if that's what you would like. I, I have, but they've fallen on deaf, ear, uh, deaf ears, so I think I think Emish is just like, all right, well... His argument was going to be like we were cohesively decided on murder, but if that's not the way the team is going, he's not going to be the person that disrupts the new cohesion, right? I feel like Lorelai's going to lean over and just kind of like sensing Emish's lack of enthusiasm about, you know, hitting the books and doing the studying. It's like, look, we're going to try this. And if and when it all goes tits up, then, you know, we just got to be prepared to do ourselves like a truly stupendous level of violence. And I know I can I can count on you to deliver on that, right, Emish? Oh, yeah, certainly. Always ready. Excellent. Good. Oh, my God. Remember the magic hats they kept inside the casino as like security cameras? That's going to be his life. He's going to have to live that life if he wants to eat. He's going to have to live the life of his employees. Maybe that is a really good punishment for him. It's like, it's an onion of punishment, guys. Death is not required. Can we at least shake him as a cat first before we put him? Yeah, you can shake him. Nobody nobody was ever going to try and stomp you from shaking him just a little. Perfect. I'm going to invent the catapult. Oh, the catapult? Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, that'll be catastrophic. Go to prison. (laughs) It sounds like you guys are decided on a course of action. You're going to try and find a way to turn this man into a cat. Yeah. Permanently. Yep. And then shake him. Plan A. And if it doesn't work, then we just, we gut him like a fish. And set him on fire. No. We'll, we'll, we'll gut that fish when we uh, get to it. But (laughs) the, uh, well, no, I didn't, I didn't say that exactly. Um, the, the TLDR is no, he doesn't, this, he doesn't need to be able to turn back. He just needs to be a magic cat forever. Uh, I'm open to all kinds of things, right? We could strap him and a magic cat to a couple of iron tables uh, during a lightning storm and some cables connecting metal hats on their heads together. Uh, I've heard stories about people getting good luck with that. Uh, we could use a ritual that, like, Freaky Fridays him in to a moral conundrum he'll never get out of, and he has to stay a cat until he does, if we really want to go all the way in. Whatever the most effective and efficient method of turning him into a magic cat is, that's what we're looking for but today. the Freaky Friday thing is so much better. Like, I need this. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm all I, in. I want to... I want a magic cat Jasper making decisions. Like, oh my god, the casino was <laughs> like broken a week. Fucking up the nights of capitalism from within. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say there are, there are, there are three things that you are looking for. You are looking for kill Jasper and put his, put his soul into a magic cat. Uh, you are looking for uh, Frankenstein, uh, or I guess it would be uh, Freaky Friday him with a, uh, with a magic cat, uh, and then polymorph him into a magic. cat. Those are the three, the three that I'm, that I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, we want to, we're, we're not going to cover all the fields, so we, we know uh, what works. Like, and if the Freaky Friday just isn't an option, right? We don't want to waste all of our time tracking down something that's not an option. So we're, we're going to have. It seems like a reasonably diverse search field. I'm going to say that that what you are looking for in that case, then you are looking for, uh, in the case of turn him into a magic hat, you are looking for polymorph. Uh, if you are looking for uh, Freaky Friday him with a magic hat, you are looking for... There's not a Freaky Friday spell. 
fuck it. There, there should be a freaky. There should be a freaky Friday spell. There's a freaky Friday spell. Isn't there like that little Dicky song? I'm pretty sure we could find a bard who's Small Richard. It. Small Richard. It's that's that's the one. I feel like that's like a fairy thing, right? Like that that would be a fairy thing to do. Yes. Uh, so Freaky Fridaying is the second option, and that is definitely a spell now. And the the third option uh, of of trying to kill him and Frankenstein him into a cat. That is the third so Frankensteining, Frankensteining Freaky Friday. So I think I think are strongly inclined towards uh, Freaky Friday. I, I like that idea a lot. That's yeah, good. actually, that's that's and, fun. Okay. Let's say that that's the that's the egg that we're putting the baskets into. Rosmo, I will let you take point on Plan B because you seem to have strong feelings about that. I have a particular set of skills, and none of those include Freaky Fridays or polymorphs. I, I feel like looking at the situation and Lorelai, like you know, being a monster hunter, like she's got she's got a good sense of like people's strengths and how best to use them, and she's just gonna like clap a hand on Emish's back and then just gently steer him towards Rosmo and just as they're going it's like look you're gonna be fucking useless in a library but there's no one I trust more to uh, keep Rosmo on the uh, straight and narrow as it were so please like help him channel his murderous impulses into something like really useful and maybe you two will become friends as part of it and that'll be good for all of us like he's not so bad Emish, you want to learn a knife trick? I have like 21 uses for a Bowie knife. We can't let Rosmo go, you all. Rosmo's one of the only two people here I know for sure is literate. I can read. I had a great-ish education at Wolf Camp. Thank you very much. I said one of only two. I'm I actually think. really bright. I just don't have any fucking class. And Daphne has the highest in score. In the <laughs> I just said what I know to be true. Okay. The only thing I know for sure is that Rosmo and one other person in this group are literate. I think as uh, Lorelai, you know, takes a hand from uh, Emish and then goes to Rosmo, it's like, Rosmo, you could make a friend. Like, wouldn't that be great? You could make a friend. I look up at Rosmo and just like, so uh, are you into dwarves? I prefer taller women. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you have so much in common, but you're, it's it's going to be a great time. And Lorelai's like trying to convince herself of this at this point because I think she's starting to realize, oh, this may not be a good idea. But she's like all in now, so yeah, yeah, you, you can do some bonding. I, I think Emish catching on to what what your angle is here is is actually going to start helping you out and and play along. And uh, it's going to be so, Rasmo. Here's the thing. Um, when I, when I tried to start a revolution in the, the Fey Courts, I got kicked out because of all that and everything. And so I went about it the wrong way. And I know that you're like a sneaky fecker and, and you know how to do things in, like, in the shadows and, and corrupt things from within and all that stuff. So I'm wondering, um, could, could you teach me how to revolution? Oh, no, I, I, I put those down. It's different. Well, if you know how to put them down, then you know how to make them successful. You just do the opposite. Uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just turns and washes Rosmo as he does. As he becomes everyone's grandfather after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Lorelai, you're the one we know for jerk and read. Can you head to the F for Freaky Friday section? Okay, I'll look. Do any of these books have pictures in them? I can follow a diagram. We're we are going to split into the Plan A team, the research team, and the Plan B team, the murder team. Uh, I like you guys can divide the party how you please for that, but it sounds like it's uh, like it's Rosmo and Emish on murder team, and everyone else on research team. Is that accurate? I think Daphne's a swing vote. No, she's happy to go either way. She'll just be skipping back and forth. From group she's group. just going to clip-clop between the Shocking two groups as, she, as whims desire. Oh, yeah, here about this. Oh, here's over here. Well, I mean, she's, you know, we've, we've got to make sure that we're all up to date with each other's findings. Yeah. Who best to synthesize the uh, the findings of each group and accurately convey them to the other group without any miscommunication whatsoever than Daphne? Well, Team team Murder is going to leave the library and they are going to go start acquiring materials that they might need to hide a murder. So, uh, it, it is a division of labor. I'm there in spirit. 
Okay. I, I'm going to look up at Rosmo and just be like, so, uh, so do you know how to murder? Uh, well, I mean, who doesn't, right? Yeah, me too. Let's go get a drink. <laughs> We've got our plan. <laughs> Research team, you guys head to the library. You are you are looking uh, for Freaky Friday. That's the, uh, the 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 plan A there. F for Freaky Friday. Yeah, like my hopes is that we're gonna roll up and JB Lee Curtis is the librarian. Which are we talking like, like young or or like most recently and everything everywhere all at once? Like which Jamie are we talking here? All Jamie Lee Curtis's. It's a super state of all Jamie Lee Curtis's. The waveform collapses when she's observed. <laughs> uh, so here's what I want to do. For the research team, I want you all to roll 1d6. Actually, let's do this the dumb way. Uh, all of you roll 2d6 and take the better number, because there's three of you dividing the labor. And whoever you guys want to, to take point on research... Add their int score. Oh, well, that's a six. Okay, mine was a five. Uh, my, mine's also a six, but one of us should have an intelligence added to I that. I can add mine. Let me double check what it is again, because I've got it saved. Uh, Lorelai had the clipboard, but I secretly suspect Daphne to be smarter. Lorelai has more practical knowledge. <laughs> Street smart. Uh, yeah, so I, this is, uh, I get to add three to that. Jeez. So that becomes a nine for me. Book smart, world stupid. Honestly, yeah. All right, so study team, you guys wander into the library, into the book on magical transposition. We're going to delineate what that is specifically. Um, and you you start finding uh, a, quite a bit of material about what it takes to perform transposition like that. Classically, it has been uh, two people wishing, I, I, I really wish this person understood what I was going through. At the same time, under the right moon conditions... Uh, it requires very specific natural conditions. It's a huge relief. Could you imagine trying to practice to teach the magic cat to parrot words when you're trying to get this to happen to somebody else? How does it not happen to you first unless the conditions are really specific? Now, under lab conditions, they have figured out how to synthesize this process, specifically by getting both, we'll say for sake of the show, creatures to say the words, I wish blank, could understand what it's like to be me uh, under specific magical duress. <laughs> it's just like, got him in headlock. <laughs> Save the words! I was the, the same damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember when Emish made the unconscious guy talk? Mm-hmm. We could just knock him out and, and we can do a little, you know, like body we puppeting. Being, being specific, he does have to say the words with his own voice and with his own consciousness. That oh, is damn. listed in the, in the spell components. Honor, right. Daphne is able to pick up the magical ritual needs uh, in order to perform this. It would require about an hour of setup time. Okay. And the, the the magical materials are actually pretty mundane. A stack of candles and some incense and not much else besides. Maybe a drop or two of okay. blood. Uh, Jasper's blood? Nondescript on where the blood needs to come Ooh. from. That'll, I mean, the murder team will obviously be able to handle that. Like, Yeah, they can grab that. Yeah, sure. we'll get plenty of blood from them. So so we need we need a couple buckets of blood? Ooh. Yes, buckets. <laughs> buckets are more than drops. I'm not yeah. sure how the, the math on that but works. They're full exactly. of drops. But yeah, oh yeah, there's a yeah. lot. Of, yeah, they they do regions. stay a drop in the bucket. So That's a lot the same. of drops so in a single bucket. I'm just saying, it's pretty right. much the same Ooh, thing. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Potato for something that isn't a potato. Uh, Murder team, what are you guys digging into? Okay, we've got two options. One, we can actually do a hardware store run. We get various materials for murder. Two, maybe we start tracking down where Jasper is during the day, figure out their routine, you know, do some uh, sleuthing, figure out where he's most vulnerable. Any of that makes sense to you? Oh, shit. Okay, um... Yeah, I thought if we were going to go get a drink, but I, I suppose we could do that. We can do that, too. There's, like, beer on the corner. This town sucks, but they have beer on the corner. Uh, Glittershade definitely has great open container laws, for sure. When, when you say beer on the corner, is it, like, like I need more details about this. It's like a it's like a hot dog stand, but they also have beer. Or sometimes it's just beer. It's a walk-me-down. Yeah, it's just walk-me-downs. That's what they're called. The walk-me-down cart. I needed to know. Thank you. I have learned yet another thing on our extremely educational See, show. When you said beer on the corner. I, I was picturing just like a pint glass on the corner, showing some leg, like asking if you wanted a date. No, you looking for a good. <laughs> That's time. a different neighborhood. We can go there later, but probably not today. Honey, your mind. I just want to like take your brain and like slice it up and look at it under a microscope. Like it's fascinating. <laughs> That's not something a serial killer would say. Alice, it's a deeply troubling thing <laughs> to so say. Curious. You know that, right? Is that a compliment? Yes. Let's go with yes. Absolutely. Murder team, what's the plan? 
I, I guess beer on the corner, and then we follow Jasper around and see what he's up to while sipping beer. It doesn't have to be beer. There's like liquor on the corner too. I mean, something that we could check into also is is maybe see if he's uh, uh, upgraded security at all after the uh, whole popcorn fiasco. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's going to be the place where we do the, do the killing. I think it'll be like on his way home, and then we drag him into an alley or something, or or grab him from his home. But that might also have security. I mean, he's like a middle manager, so probably not. He might have holed up there, though. So th- the thing is, I'm thinking, regardless, like, that's where we're going to find him. So if, if he leaves from there, then we can start tracking what he's up to and stuff. But um, but if he, he holes up, then then we can check the security. But, I mean, that's where we're going to locate him, unless you know where he's I mean, at. Why don't you roll Spout Lore for Rosma real quick? Okay, that makes sense. I would probably know these things. What was that, 2d6? Plus Int. Are you sure it's Int? I'm sure it's Int. Are you, are you truly sure it's Int? Positive. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Oh, it doesn't matter because I, I rolled two sixes, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, so that's what, an 11 for you? Yeah. I have a minus one. Yeah, that's what I thought. I have a minus one to intelligence. <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> he said it with such shame in his voice. So, Dean, Rosmo knows offhand that, uh, that within the Knights of Capitalism specifically, if you make that kind of middle manager step, you are expected to basically be on call and available 24-7. You need to be near the place that you are placed. So his home will be within a five minutes walk of the Astral Plaza. Oh, that's easy then. Considering what the Astral Plaza is, the size and shape of it, probably lives on site. He lives in the building? Most likely. Why no, would you live where you work? Never. Also, that, like, sounds like, that sounds Don't awful. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to say this again. Uh, we're using the, the actual name of the Pinkertons, the Knights of Capitalism, and I really hope we don't get sued, but whatever. Knights of Capitalism, I think, is just like a generic term. It's not like their official name or anything. That's just what, that's just what Mr. Pinkerton himself described the Pinkerton. Uh, we yes. should really make sure that's not trademarked or right. something. Uh, uh, corporate Knights is uh, trademarked, but Knights of Capitalism is we're not. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know theoretically where he lives. Okay. So, we, so did we pass like sleeping quarters when we when we rummaged through the place last time? You didn't. You also didn't roll his office or any of the offices on the third floor. I mean, like, there wasn't a bed in there, so we know it's not that room. You're really overestimating, like, his commitment to creature comforts versus, like, his He's brainwashing. He's of capitalism. He wants to enjoy the money he makes. He's not living like a monk. <laughs> but if he lives there already, he has no soul. You never can guess yeah, where but he's he like a He's like a trashy, I have money, but I'm actually not that rich, but I'm going to act like I am. All right, new plan. We burn the building down at night. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no guarantee that it's it's going to get him, and he's probably not. It doesn't not. have to. It just has to get him out of the location he's You're assuming in. it's actually going to completely burn down, too. And and then we we kill a bunch of innocent people too. Like you don't have to kill them by burning down the building. Rosmo, I know this is not how your brain works, but Taku's not here, so somebody has to say this. We're not going to murder a bunch of innocent people to kill one man. We don't have to completely burn it down. We just have to burn it down enough to get people out of the building and make things confusing and like pick a motel for the night. This plan is based on a, a just ninety-seven percent presumption. We don't have them. Look, they have like fire alarms. Everyone will get out, and they won't go back in because it's on fire. And we and we'll start the fire when the civilians aren't there. It'll just be the. Well, we just find him first and start the fire on him because that's harder. Mm, I like that's that. That's why we're trying to do the <laughs> fire. Somewhere thing. in the distance, Daphne's little ears just perk up. It's like someone's talking about arson. Yells and yells into the void. I'll set him on fire. I think this is a really good point at which we can we can rally the two teams up um, because both teams have the base information that they need to form a, a plan. I, I actually would like to do a check really quick just because since we did actually go to the casino, I, I want to see if I can spot like, you know, heightened security and stuff just to get an idea. Yeah, I, yeah. I, do, I do still kind of want to case the joint regardless to gather information. <laughs> Our whole plan was to walk and sure. look at it and then okay. not interact yeah, sip, with it at sip all. Sip some beer, look at the building, see if we can learn Sorry, something. I called for a roll and gave information and you guys started forming a plan. Oh, no, 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 so you're I, okay. I, I, There's I, a big hole in it right now. My apologies. Uh, let's, let's get a separate discern realities from each of you. Plus whiz. 
close with. So is this like the tourist thing to do to walk around, like get a beer from the beer on the corner and just like walk around glitter shade and ooh and all no, of like, cool buildings? Sometimes they're a local and you just want a beer and they're serving it on the corner. You think New Yorkers don't get a hot dog? That's not exclusive to New Yorkers. Lots of people like hot dogs. I'm talking about myself here. No, actually, there's only hot dogs in New York. It's only in New York. Everybody knows that. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Why you got to call me out like that, Benny? <laughs> Never had a hot dog. I, I, I really want one. Uh, I will tell you guys both offhand. Uh, yes, there is absolutely increased security. This is uh, just observable with the naked eye. So uh, what were those discern realities? For? Six. Okay, that's a fail. <laughs> Mine too. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> We're terrible scouts. I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I just rolled shitty. All right. What you guys noticed is that uh, there is definitely increased security at the casino, and uh, that is the only thing you noticed. I think I also noticed that this beer is delicious. It is a tasty That's beer. That uh, that morning walk down after a <laughs> long late night definitely uh, helps something. This beer's pretty good. Do you think it's a local draft? I don't think this is an import. Is Rosmo that fucking guy? <laughs> He's a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a blue collar dwarf. He knows his beard. Oh yeah, just don't make Scotch his one personality trait, and I won't have to throw him out of window. Now, Rosmo is a tequila dwarf. I want to make that clear right now. It's very important for his character. Oh, good, him. good to know. Uh, let's rally the two parties up and start forming an actual plan. So we have increased security at the casino, and the thing we need to do is we need to get a magic cat. We need to ensure that at the correct time, the Magic Cat says, what is it? I wish Jasper could see the world from my shoes. Uh, I wish Jasper knew what it was like to be me. I wish Jasper knew what it was like to be me. First thing, we got to get a Magic Cat. We got to train the Magic Cat to say that. Then we need to get Jasper to say at the same time as the Magic Cat uh, says its thing, gee, I wish that Magic Cat knew what it was like to be me. Once they have said this at the same time, bingo, bango, bongo, we have Freaky Friday, Jasper, and the cat. So... What if we stole Jasper's cat and then made them switch? Oh, contract law. Yeah, that thing. Well, that cat hates us, and also... So does does Jasper. What's your point? He's deep inside the casino. We could get one of those casino announcement cats that sits right over... Like, literally, I will walk through the front doors. I will reach my hands up over my head and grab the magic cat on the sill. I will pull it down put my hand on the back of its head and I will loudly scream, nobody moves and the magic cat doesn't get hurt. I will back 10 feet out the door and then I will run into an alley to meet up with everybody else. Bam, we've got ourselves a magic cat 50% of the way to done. Okay, but what about the Jasper part? So I'm going to be making a bunch of noise at the front of the casino when I hold them hostage with a cat. And I'm thinking maybe you just climb right up the side of the building and go in through his window because it's the last thing he'd expect. There's no way he's gotten it completely fixed by now. We busted through all those windows. We rode the popcorn down. I, I will say that they saw that the window is still smashed out. We'll stop by the hardware store and get a ladder. While I'm at the front kidnapping the Magic Cat, you will climb up the ladder, grab Jasper, haul him out of his office, and then run down an alley where I uh, will meet you with the Magic Cat. Smash and grab. Got it. Then we will convince Jasper that the Magic Cat has it way better than him. And we'll convince the magic cat that Jasper has it way better than the cat does. Uh, and once they're both convinced of that, the spell is going to complete itself. But we can give them a little gentle prodding to say the words if they're not getting them quite right. Right. I, I think we should get some extra magic cats just in case, because magic cats are wily bastards. Mm. And you want to have a couple backups. Um, I figure if I just point my gun, like, in his general, like, crotch region, I can make him say whatever I want him to say. So, (laughs) harpoons are really effective at getting people to sing the correct tune. Okay, that's fair, but I don't think we need to put more than one cat in the basket. One, the basket's only so big, and magic cats are exceptionally, like, you know, I mean, they're bigger than house cats is what I'm getting at here. Emish is going to immediately leave and go get a magic cat, like, now time. I also have heard from many locations that it's easier to train magic cats one at a time. Did not we not establish that a group of magic cats is called like an asshole of magic cats or something? I know that's a menace. On on this particular island, it is an oh fuck of magic cats. An oh fuck of magic cats. Although yeah. Emish was, I think, a magnificence of yes. magic cats. Yes, was. that's correct. I indicate that colloquialism 
uh, as I bring up the fact that more magic hats might not better be a better, that might not make the plan better, right? Emish, it uh, it sounds to me like you're gonna do the damn thing regardless of what anyone says to me. Is that accurate? Oh yeah, I'm already gone. Brilliant. <laughs> He's already got the ladder over his head, <laughs> not waiting for the distraction at the front door. I love the idea that the rest of us are arguing semantics about, like, the magic hats and, you know, should we have one or should we have two? Or you His know, little we... feet are, like, cartoon spinning. He's gone. Yeah. Emish, wait, you forgot the net. The cat net. Ah, oh, whatever. Emish, you step out of the bar, out of the warehouse, out onto the street. You hang a left and a right and another left. And you are confronted by another oh fuck of magic hats, uh, all planning the same mugging that they attempted the previous night. <laughs> I would like you just just for funsies, just roll plus charisma, and we will figure out what happens next. Okay, my best stat. <laughs> That's actually still a nine, modified nine. <laughs> That was fantastic for me. Is that really your best stat? No, I have a minus two there. I rolled an 11. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that was an enormous success for me. I have to roll boxcars to get a complete success on a charisma check. I'm going to say for for this, uh, tell me what you are saying to them. And if you can convince me, we'll turn that into another plus one, which will make a full success. Okay. So the first thing I do is pull out my magic cat treats that I always have on me. Obviously. I cook and I love magic cats. So I've got these like stinky, like dried fish skin meal cakes that are like fried on one side and it smells like yesterday's vomit. And it's, I peel back the oil cloth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you want this? Yes. Give it to me. And I and I break off like a little tiny piece and and give it to each one of them. How many magic hats are in this malice? Uh, we'll say that this is four. Okay, so I give a little tiny piece to each one, and I, I say, "All right, now which one of you wants the whole thing?" And they start arguing amongst themselves. It'll be mine. You can't have them. They belong to me. They're actively beating the <laughs> shit out of each other at this point. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I'm horrified. <laughs> Poor image. So he says, like, really loudly, he's like, all right, well, whichever one of you wants, whichever one of you catch me gets the treat. And I bolt. And I'm hoping to be able to kind of separate them out. So whichever one is the fastest, that's the one that I up and feed the treat to. And you you have that bullshit ability that makes it so that you can't be caught in a foot race. So I can make sure that to separate it out to where there's one leader and then slow down enough to where they can I'll let me. you take that plus one. We'll turn this into a full success. Sweet. Okay. You get, uh, there are three of these magic cats chasing you. There is a an orange who immediately just bolts right into a wall and falls down. Uh, There is still a calico and a uh, a gray cat that are following. And in the meantime, uh, while the chase is going on, uh, Emish is making sure to go wherever he thinks the group currently is. So if that's the bar or the library. Let's call this, for funsies, uh, let's call it a defy danger roll. Let's do intelligence because you are you are trying to use quick thinking to uh, to defy danger here. Okay, <laughs> that's an eleven. Nice. Nat ten. All right. Uh, so these two cats start chasing you, uh, and you are quick enough on your feet and clever enough that as you are as you are running, you are able to keep line of sight on the one that's that's closest to you. Uh, currently, it's going to be the calico that's closer. And you're you're staying just close enough that they that they are trying to pursue and get that stinky stinky treat, but they are not quite close enough to get it from. And I'm like actively chatting up the magic cat as as we're running too. So like, oh, what's your what's what's your name? What do they call you? This cat is uh, moving at a dead sprint and just not really taxed too much by it. And uh, she just looks at you and goes, "I'm called Lysteria." <laughs> We, we we see a quick zoom in on Emish's face and it just kind of squinches up. <laughs> but he keeps running. Listeria continues to pursue you. The other cat following you, by the way, is Alphabet Soup. And Listeria is the calico and Alphabet Soup is... The gray. The gray. So they are continuing to pursue you. They are staying just outside of range because of your bullshit Olympian move that means that you can't be beaten in a foot race. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a part leprechaun, part laser pointer. Um, the cats pursue you. The, the rest of the party is back at the bar. Are you just leading this, the, these two cats back to the bar with you? 
Yeah, basically in case I need backup, so that uh, when it comes to the mm-hmm. magic hat wrangling, should an assist be required, I am in a position to have assistance. Wait, you're hurting the magic hats into the bar. Into the bar. The bar. I, you know, I was like, no, nah, he can't have said that. That would be so silly. I must have misheard. Even as I was sitting there, I was like, I can't say a bar. That sounds like such a horrible idea. Surely. Surely this Olympian would anyways, please carry on. <laughs> uh, with the with the successful role and the success on the on the previous role, I'm gonna say that you're able to lead them back pretty effortlessly. They they follow you, they're staying about four or five feet behind you because of your bullshit Olympian ability, which is all I will ever refer refer to it as from this moment forward, just so you know. It's so beautiful. So you lead them back into the bar. You you get into the warehouse part, the the front of the bar. Um, and it's kind of a maze of boxes. And it, once you are in the door, the cats immediately just spring up on top of the crates and are stalking you. Um, are you doing anything different or are you just continuing to run? Oh, well, I, I mean, I've got to get up there, too. Like, I can't be down below and and be a target for them for death from above attacks. Like, yeah, so I'm going to spring up onto the crate, too, and start hopping Awesome. I would love to, uh, to hear a defy de- uh, danger dexterity roll from you. Oh god, I already used my good roll too. Ah, you'll be fine. Um, that actually is a 7, which is not bad for me. <laughs> oh, pardon me, an 8, not that it makes a difference. Okay, but- uh an 8. Yeah, that's that's going to be a mixed success. So, uh I'm going to say you're able to parkour your way up the crates and land comfortably between Listeria and Alphabet Soup. Um for the complication, I am going to give you a classic Emish's choice here. Uh, you can either miss catching Listeria entirely, or you can catch Listeria, but it will absolutely fuck you up and shred you all to pieces. Oh, risk them catch me, of course. All right, so you are going to catch Listeria, and it absolutely starts fucking you up and shredding you all to pieces. Um, I think you're going to take two damage as it's trying to claw its way towards that pocket with the treat in it. Um... I am going to need you to roll another Defy Danger Dexterity because you have a really wiggly, very violent magic hat in your business and you are in some pretty immediate danger. It really wants that treat. As an incredibly short man, like, Emish has an inherent fear of things coming at him from above, so, like, he just he could not go with that. Yeah, option. no, no, that, that makes perfect sense to me, yeah. So that's a five. Total five. All right, so that magic hat... Uh, is going to go ahead and outmaneuver you, and she's going to stick her head into the coat pocket to try and get that treat. Um, she gets those claws in really, really deep now, and you're not going to be able to throw her off without stopping to, to take the time to do it. She is just going to town chomping away on those treats, though. Um, you now have an insanely ravenous and just generally insane magic hat just in your business. Okay, well, I mean, now it's a wrestling match. Uh, yeah, it really is. What uh, What are you going to do about that? Uh, I assume the other cat's probably moving towards me as well. So I'm going to try and like uh, get, a, get a lock hold on this magic cat. Uh, which one is it, by the way? Uh, that would be Listeria. Yeah, you're covered in Listeria. <laughs> so I'm going to get a lock hold on Listeria and and hold hold them up and keep running across the across the boxes and I'm, I'm holding it's it's a magic hat shield all right so it's 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 pointed towards alphabet soup to make sure that i don't don't end up with a two to one scenario you know just squeeze as tight as he can might not go as well as you think it will oh man he's gonna get listeria all up in the alphabet <laughs> soup listeria fights off alphabet soup everybody knows that are you losing a fight with cats right now he's not losing specifically <laughs> you're not here all right so you do manage to get this cat into position, mostly because it's surgically grafted to you at the moment. Uh, but I am going to need you to roll. I don't know. I, I think this is hack and slash to successfully. I don't know, like shield bash or or battering ram alphabet soup with Listeria as your weapon. Does that make sense? Okay. And that's going to be a ten. Okay, uh, a ten. That is a full success for a change. I think with that, uh, you are going to kind of wrestle the cat claws out of your skin and pick this cat up. And as the other cat is kind of flying down towards you in an attempt to, to dive tackle you, you just turn and charge towards Alphabet Soup. 
uh, using Listeria as a magic weapon. Um, not to get too cruel to the cats with it, but you really do beat the ever-loving shit out of Alphabet Soup with Listeria. Enough that you you kind of send the soup flying uh, across the warehouse, maybe out the door. Who really knows where the cat went? But the point is that you have unhooked the cat from your flesh, and now, Emish, you have conquered Listeria. And that is something that we should all aspire to. I feel like I'm having a stroke listening to this. No, I love it. Emish conquered Listeria and then finished off the alphabet suit. Like, there's nothing wrong with this story. I have understood it perfectly. And with that uh, very clear understanding and uh, Emish's pure and perfect defeat of Listeria, I think that is a perfect spot to end tonight's episode. All right. You can find us on Instagram and Tumblr at High End Low Whiz Pod. Feel free to shoot us an email at High End Low Whiz Pod at gmail.com. Please give us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Give us as many stars as you feel we deserve, or a lot more. We're back with murder. Is I that just plan? no. I think. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Apparently, murder was at least a subplot. The living soul. Nothing. Nothing went to hell that wasn't a cat. That's like the. So there couldn't have been a murder. Did I just walk in on it? Nothing went to hell that wasn't a cat. Yes.